Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. What an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I've enjoyed our time here lately in the book of Philemon. Just a short letter makes one chapter in our Bible, 25 verses, but what a great truth is presented and many great truths really in this book of the Bible. We're going to be studying again in Philemon today, and we'll pick up our reading in verse number 10 and read down a few verses and discuss those together. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope you're having a great start uh, to the day. Hopefully you've walked with God today spent time in prayer, read your Bible, and uh, just felt the presence of the Lord in your life. I tell you, it's so important to uh, meet with God in the morning. I like the old poem, I met God in the morning when the day was at its best, and you know that poem, and it's so true. The the uh, day just goes better when that day is begun with God, and uh, every day you ought to have a scheduled time where you just meet with the Lord. In the morning, before your feet touch carpet, you ought to touch heaven, and uh, you can pray. You ought to pray. You ought to say, Lord, help me get out of bed, but you ought to pray and uh, spend time with Him. I tell you, I love my Bible, and I want to read it. I want to get through it uh, more uh, this year than last year. I want to uh, go deeper in it this year than last year. I want to be uh, not just casual with it, but I want to have a relationship with the Word of God. I've said this many times to people. You know, people always say, are you right with God? And are you right with God? And that seems to be a question that uh, we're fairly familiar with. Are you right with God? And people will answer that. They'll kind of define being right with God however they'd like to, usually however it meets the their standard and their expectation. But I think a good question to ask ourselves is, am I right with my Bible? Because if you're not right with your Bible, then really you cannot be right with the God of the Bible. If you don't love His Word, can you really say that you love Him? And you and I who are Bible, quote-unquote, Bible-believing people ought to be Bible-reading people. And I'm asking God to give me that uh, that uh, desire, to give me that sort of a testimony. And uh, I want to be a Bible-believing uh, and Bible-reading Christian. It's necessary. You'll never have a strong walk with God unless you have some time studying in the Word of God. Philemon now, first chapter, only one chapter, verse 10, says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. So here we see that Paul had won Onesimus to Christ. <clears throat> Onesimus had done something wrong. He's ended up in prison. He's a guilty man. He's fled from Philemon and done Philemon wrong. We'll read about that later in the text. But in prison, Paul preached the gospel to Onesimus, and Onesimus got saved. Now, there's several things, and I've made mention in past broadcasts, but let me hit it again. The first thing I see is, thank God for Paul, who was a soul winner, no matter where he found himself. Regardless of circumstance or condition, Paul was concerned about people getting saved. 
Paul is in prison. Paul has no doubt been beaten. He's suffering. And yet he still had the gospel in the souls of men on his heart and mind. There's a man there by the name of Onesimus, and Paul was not wrapped up in himself. Paul was not uh, overcome with his own condition, but Paul thought about the need of Onesimus, not just for food or shelter, but his eternal need. And by the way, let me say that's the primary need. There's a lot of so-called churches today that make a ministry out of food and shelter, and I'm not against that, but that's not the primary need of man. Those places are big on giving out a bottle of water, providing a hot meal, and never do get around to preaching the gospel. That's called a social gospel. We don't win the world through social uh, activities and social benefits. The gospel, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is what folks need. And Paul preached the gospel. There in that prison cell, Onesimus hears the gospel, and he gets saved by grace through faith. Now, I said one thing I like about this is Paul was soul winning in prison. He didn't let circumstances keep him from it. He was soul conscious no matter where he was or found himself in life. The second thing I like is Onesimus gets saved in prison. Oh, yes, he did. He got saved in prison. Now, you might think Onesimus is a criminal. He won't want the gospel. He's in prison. That's not the place to share the gospel. But I can tell you this. The gospel is the power of God under salvation, and it can work on one. You would look at it and say that's a hard case and also in a hard place, and that's what happens here. You can get saved anywhere. God can save anyone. So at any point in time, any place, and any person, that's a candidate for a salvation testimony in the making. They just need a soul winner, and Paul was. Paul preached the gospel. He said, I've begotten him in my bonds. We got saved, or he got saved while we were in prison. Verse 11, this is what happens when a man gets saved, which in time past was to the unprofitable. That's how it is. A lost person, in many ways, is unprofitable. They don't make, a, a, a lot of times, a good employee or a good employer. They're not fit to be much of a spouse, and uh, they're not very very profitable but you watch what happens when they get born again but now profitable to thee and to me that's what salvation does salvation takes one that's not worth anything and makes them worth something take somebody who you wouldn't want working for you man they'll be the best employee you ever had it changes not just a person's eternity but it changes their every day that's what the gospel does verse 12 whom I have sinned again, thou therefore receive him that is mine own bowels. He's saying now, Philemon, I'm sending Onesimus back. He's coming back to you. I know that he's done you wrong, and I know that maybe he hurt you, and maybe your heart's been broken. Maybe he's hurt your confidence in him, but he's been saved. And I'm sending him back to you. And he says in verse 13, Whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever. Now not as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. But how much more to thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. He's saying, Philemon, now we have forgiveness entering in. He said, I know he's done you wrong, but listen, he was lost. And by the way, that's just what sinners do. Sinners hurt sinners. That's why we have so many issues and troubles even in our churches with saved people. We're saved, but we're just saved sinners. And that's what we do. We get on each other's nerves, and we've got to uh, ask forgiveness and get and be forgiven at the same time. We have to do that. And now Philemon is about to have Onesimus return to him, and Paul's beseeching him, saying, hey, listen, he's been saved. God's done a great work in his heart. God's done a 
great thing in his life. There's been a great change since he's been born again, and I want you to receive him. Yes, he was your servant, but now he's above that, beyond that. He's your brother in Christ. Uh, maybe Onesimus had escaped from Philemon. I don't know what it was. Maybe he, he'd stolen from him. I don't know what it was. I just know he'd done wrong, and he found himself in prison. But God saved him there, and now Paul says, please receive him back. Now, I want to say this in application. All of us, you, I, all of you, me, every one of us, we're going to be done wrong. We're going to get hurt in life. That's just how life goes. But you and I who are saved are to practice forgiveness, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. That's what the Bible teaches, that we ought to be slow to wrath. We ought to be quick to offer forgiveness and mercy to those. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Neither did you at Calvary. When you think about Jesus Christ at Calvary, can I say that is God dying for man? That is deity dying for dust. That is the creator dying for his creation. As that spit rolled down the face of Jesus, that was the spit of sinners running down the face of the one who is sinless. As the blows fell upon his face, those were the blows of sinners falling on the brow of that one which is sinless. As the crown of thorns was beaten down into his forehead, it was beaten down by dust into the forehead of deity. Jesus is the one who'd made that thorny plant grow. Jesus is the one who'd given the tree its life from which was hewn that old rugged cross. He's the one who put the sun in the sky that now beat down upon his back and caused him to suffer in the heat. He's the one who had ordained that hill called Calvary to even be formed. And now he struggled as he marches up that hillside carrying the weight of that cross upon his shoulders. And he lays down himself upon the cross. And now man, sinful man, drives nails through the very hands of God, and yet he doesn't open his mouth. He doesn't revile again. He just stays there and takes it. Then he said he wrecked, and he begins to suffer on the cross. And as he looks out with dried spit on his face, the beer plucked from his cheeks, the blood running down from his brow, the bruises rising upon his face, all because of the hands of sinful man, he looks on them and says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Now, if Jesus, who is perfect and sinless, can forgive you and I who are so flawed and sinful, can you and I who are sinful and flawed not forgive another who's equally sinful and flawed? That's the principle right here in the life of Philemon. Philemon, Onesimus might be wrong, but for you to be right with God, receive him, forgive him, welcome him home. Maybe somebody needed to hear that today. Maybe there's somebody out there in the world you need to forgive. Maybe somebody you need to get forgiveness from. Let's be quick to do those things and be right with God. Until next time, let's pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.